connected to an entirely different universe for wrestling podcasts. This is Bumps, Scars, and Stories. I'm Nick. This is Jimmy. Let's tell some stories. Alright everybody, welcome to the second episode, uh, long overdue, of Bumps, Scars, and Stories. I'm Nick, and as you can see, there right now is no longer a Jimmy. Uh, he is suffering right now at home from dropping elbow and nobody homa. Just <laughs> he'll be back soon. But uh, with me right now is my temporary for I don't know how long could be permanent co-host, ladies and gentlemen, Eddie. Hello, <laughs> I'm with Eddie. We were waiting for a round of applause. It just never came. <laughs> there we go. The wall. I might as well just introduce our guest for this evening, ladies and gentlemen, Brett West. What's up, man? <laughs> also, no round of applause. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> there we go. Should uh, do the, I don't know if you guys are like into Harry Potter, but the, the Dumbledore clap, just the. To... Oh, yeah. Or, or just a little bit. No, I like the double door clap. It's just super yeah, you nonchalant. You're you're definitely getting nothing out of it. It's just I don't know. Just so sticks in my head. Um, been wanting to do this for a while. We kept on trying to line it up. Things weren't really working out. Uh, yeah, days and everything. I'm really happy to have you on here. Um, I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> because. I'm a I'm a nobody. <laughs> no, you're yeah. somebody. You're somebody, and I feel like you are somebody that has been through some shit in this wrestling business, and you definitely have some stories to tell. But before we go into all of this, um, I would like to talk about next Saturday coming up, February third, Redemption Championship Wrestling. It is going to be a show not to miss. We are going to have this at the Cavendish Brewery where we're returning, 6 p.m. Tickets are $8, $5 for children, um, and five and under get in free. Uh, Like to go into one of our newest sponsors really fast. Uh, That is Back in Time Collectibles. They are, they're awesome. They're also in Gastonia, North Carolina, where the show is going to be. And uh, now I think we're going to, get into these scars questions you ready for this brett yeah man just shoot it um before we go into scars because that's going to be eddie's territory and we're going to find out how prepared eddie is uh we're gonna cheat over here (laughs) we're going right order dude uh so what is the most recent big bump that you've taken i don't know maybe a Power bomb from Griff Garrison. And uh, what, was, what was it like working with Griff Garrison? Uh, I mean, he dude's on TV, so <laughs> I mean, it, it's pretty easy. Dude is a killer. One of the people that's like a future of the business. I mean, he's already there, but you know what I mean? He's got a lot more years ahead of him. So, yeah. I, I do have the- a question about that. Go ahead. If I can cut in, Nick. Is there a difference between working somebody that 
you know, has been on TV and somebody who's been like on the indies, like, do you see like a huge difference sometimes? It depends. Uh, so, what? Anytime I talk about somebody, which I didn't say this about Nick in in our our match, but my tag partner did. And he said it was a drizzling shits. Uh, <laughs> so I don't ever shoot on anybody or or anything like that. I'm I'm your typical guy that's like, oh man, you know, it's it wasn't so bad or, or this or that, but there's a huge difference in the aspect of their their ring presence and awareness versus someone who isn't hasn't been in, in that uh, area yet. Like uh, Caleb Conley, I uh, recently worked him and his ring psychology and placement, everything it's head, head and shoulders above what you would see in your typical indie worker, just for the fact that there is a hard cam, which, ACCW has now and has had for maybe like the past seven, eight months, but you have some of these other shows, you have a, you might have somebody just with a floating camera. So they're just kind of going around the ring and, and stuff like that. So it, it's a huge difference, but it, it's one that you'll only notice if the person makes you notice it. And by that, I mean, like they can be a dick about, like, oh, you should have been here. You should have been doing this and that. Or you get somebody that's a little bit more relaxed. They're like, yeah, you know, it wasn't so bad. You know, we could have done this a little bit different, but it didn't ruin anything. So. I've always, um, I've always gotten a lot better. I've always gotten a lot better feedback from like, kind of like a mix of those two. Somebody that, that brings a little bit of that harshness, but kind of dials it back. Like, let's. You know, like kind of the you'll get there, but um, you know, this is what you could have done better. That's a, that's always helped channel me better. But what were your yeah. feelings kind of as that, you know, music's about that match is getting ready to start up. Do you still get those those flutters? Nah, man. <laughs> well, that's good. <laughs> uh, I mean it now it's more of who am I working? You know, like uh, I've been in the business for almost 10 years. So I, it, it's one of those, you know, it's like a light switch. So it's, oh, I know I'm getting ready to go on. My music's about to hit. Or in my case, our music's about to hit. So it's, it's more of, hey, let me turn it on, be this asshole to the fans so on and so forth. I don't have the flutters anymore. I do if it's so like when we worked Caleb Conley and when we worked Griff Garrison and Marcus Cross, I've worked Zane before. So I had a familiarity with him since he tags with Caleb Conley. But for the most part, it's when you're working those bigger workers, the the noise isn't there for me for like the fans. It's like, man, I got to try to bring my a game and, because uh, you want to rise to the occasion for the person that you're working against, especially if it's someone who's been on TV and is known around the world. So that's that's really maybe the only time I, I feel it. But as far as fuck the fans, man. 
<laughs> True. <Hold> it, Nick. <laughs> uh, you said Zane. Uh, what Zane are you referring to? Zane Riley. Uh, I thought so. Uh, because literally just got some fresh ink um, like two nights ago. And my tattoo artist was just talking about him. And he's like, yeah. I think he's like kind of doing it pretty big, but he still kind of comes by. <laughs> I was like, I was like, uh, cause I was like, you know, handing them flyers. We're actually might be getting this tattoo shop to sponsor the show. Yeah. But I'm just like, oh, you, you know, some of these guys. And he started lifting off like a couple names, you know, people he's went to high school and stuff with. But uh, I do, uh, you, you know, you're talking about like our music hitting. I do have some of those like kind of tag team questions here. And one of them is, are the bumps as a tag team wrestler more brutal or lighter for you? Or does it kind of depend on the night or who you're working, what you're doing? It's definitely the the night. It depends on that. Uh, Because I'm the smaller guy, so I'm usually taking the shine. So I'm usually bumping a lot more. But so, I mean, if we're in like an ultra complicated match, when I, and when I say that, I mean maybe like it's a six man instead of just a regular tag match, and somebody wants to do a tower of doom or uh, they want to do like a huge dive spot, then then I'm like, fuck man, I guess I got to catch this guy, <laughs> or, or I'm the one that's probably getting, I'm probably the one getting the power bomb, but I would still take that bump either way if I gave him a superplex, um, but. I would say that you're you have to be more um, cognizant of of every little thing that you're doing when you're ta- when you're doing a tag match versus um, singles. It, then I mean I would say you would be falling into that tag territory, like if you're doing like a three way or fatal four way or something like that, because then at that point you're you have extra bodies in the ring. So definitely less bumping for the most part, except for me, since I usually take the shine, uh, but end of the stick. Yeah. So, I mean, nothing, nothing too crazy. I mean, like I said, the biggest bump in probably the past year was the power bomb from Griff. Uh, otherwise uh, I would say it's just normal, everyday back bump just pretty easy so um here's an interesting one like how would you describe taking a bump to a stranger somebody that's never experienced in your own words i gotta hear this from bro west (laughs) it's like a car crash man that's the only thing i can explain it as i've said that before to other people you know when they're like hey what kind of hobbies do you have? And then you're like, oh, hey, I do. Uh, you see that fake wrestling on TV? I don't get paid as much, but I do that. <laughs> so, <laughs> so then they're like, oh, what's it like? And it's it's always the same thing. It's like the way it was explained to me when I first started was you're essentially taking a, a 35 to 45 mile an hour car crash just straight on your back every time you bump. Uh so it's definitely the, the only way I can ex- explain it to someone that's like, what's it like? How did, what do you feel like the next day? Are you taking enough bumps and you don't hit your head enough? You're, you're like this. You, uh, 
<laughs> you know, like when you first start, like you don't, you can't turn your head because all the muscles right here are so sore. So, uh, not tucking your chin, the whiplash feeling, all that stuff that you feel in the early beginning. It's like no, nobody can take. I remember George always telling me, like, nobody can take the bump for you. <laughs> I mean, I was. I was pretty good. I was pretty good at bumping from the get go. Um, but you get those couple times you hit your noggin and then you're like <laughs> each time because you don't want to hit that head anymore. You were talking about you know, those complicated multi man matches. The one time that we got in there together, it was like a fatal four-way tag team match, and my ADHD was spinning and running wild, brother. <laughs> like, I didn't know what was going on, but I didn't have the I'm, – I'm not saying I'm Mr. Experience now, but I'm definitely saying that, like, a little while after that, I was able to learn a couple more things. <laughs> so you're, you're saying you got better since then. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> that's all. That's all you had to say. <laughs> just, just save some breath. Hey, man, I got better since then. I, as, as your tag partner would say, I don't quite suck as bad. Oh, <laughs> uh, but my tag team partner that that night, he he still does suck that bad. Shout out to Moses Ireton. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we had a year long. Yeah. A long time. We have a few that never. Uh, all right. Let me see here. Yeah, this one's for you. Um, can you? Time you see him. Is it for Eddie or me? Oh no, it's for you. Okay. You're pointing the wrong way still. <laughs> can you bump him, the guy in the big screen? Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll fucking kick him, I guess. I don't care. Beautiful. You're welcome back anytime, sir. Uh, Nick Nick has me uh, bump every now and then to just test my – I don't know what he's testing. He just tells me to bump, and I do it. I don't know what I'm testing. And it hurts. <laughs> well, you're learning. You're trying to not be as bad. That's all, That's it. See? He says it nice and quick. I, I take the long route. Yeah, you just go I, all around. <laughs> Uh, so before we go into Eddie's meltdown, I would like to plug another sponsor. I want to talk about Alpha Heating and Air. As we all know, the Carolina weather is completely freaking unpredictable. You never know if it's going to be hot today, cold tomorrow, raining. Somehow we get snow and no, everybody panics. Nobody knows what to do, but you could call Alpha Heating and Air. And one more time, February 3rd, we will be in Gastonia at the Cavendish Brewery Redemption Championship Wrestling. We got a hell of a card. And now we turn this over to Eddie for the scars. I would like to, uh, I would like to thank Nick for the wonderful segue there. Talking about heating, cooling. I'm no court <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, I have some scar stories for you. Or no, scar questions. Not stories. We're not there I yet. Mean, I, I'd listen to your <laughs> stories if you want to shoot them, you know. I have no scar stories, personally. Uh, but there, there's time, man. 
physical scars and you have mental scars. So can you tell me, you know, if you, you know, can you tell me like, if you like had like, I don't know how to put this into words, but like if you had like some mental or physical scarring that, you know, like you still remember from a match or even like a promotion or anything or a show. Yeah. I mean, just something that's ingrained in you. I just, I'll give you two because I've never, you know, knock on this wood. I've never had a serious injury except for one. Uh, I know you couldn't see my finger, but I've only had one, one injury in the ring and I had a fractured sternum. Um, I I got it working, and it wasn't him. It was a hundred percent me, and that's usually what it is. Um, you know, like when you saw Finn Balor uh, tear his shoulder against Seth after he won the title. Uh, well, when he won the title, it was him. It wasn't Seth. Uh, so Johnny, he, he still does it sometimes. Uh, does a the leg drop elbow drop and then a splash and it's elbow leg splash so he hits me with the the elbow drop i kind of roll one way come back take the leg drop and then when he does it he kind of slides in for the leg drop so like i roll all the way over one way and my my arm is like this so naturally i kind of went like this when he did the splash so essentially gave myself cpr and uh, fucked my ster- fucked my sternum up, and so it never really healed. And then I had a match against uh, I want to say they were called the Young Guns. Shout out to Darren Remington, I love you. He's he's one half of seventeen seventy six, or was one half of seventeen seventy six with Nick Nitro, oh, and. Uh, so it was him and his brother because they used to be a tag team and they dropped the belts to us in a police car match. And um, I got a shoulder tackle and this one wasn't me. It was just a simple, you know, just hit with the tip of the shoulder instead of kind of like more or less uh, given the, the business here. Uh just hit me straight in the sternum. And I was like, <laughs> like, fuck, oh, dude, we got to go home. I'm dying probably. Uh, that that was the worst one. I mean, it's healed now. So, thankfully, I haven't had any other injuries. It's the only injury I've ever had. Uh, mentally, it's just any time you just beat yourself up, man. Uh, because I'm one of the – everyone is their harshest critic. And um, – I mean, point blank, I'll have people that'll be like, man, that was a killer match. And then I'll go watch it back and I'll see every little thing that I did wrong. And I'm like, dude, this is, this is shit, dude. This is a shit show. And then you'll have X amount of people that'll be like, oh, you know, afterwards, they're like, oh, it wasn't bad. I swear to God. And uh, the first time, like, I really doubted myself, uh, I had. Fucked up in, in a match between that I was supposed to win. Uh, it was actually against my tag partner. It was we were eventually going to be a tag team, which we were, and we were lot. We our our name was Law and Order, and um, I was supposed to win and turn him heel 
but I, you know, it worked out better that he won, and then I still turned him heel. Um, but I just thought the match was a drizzling shits, and the one person I go to to talk to is Thomas Extreme, and he's like, he's like, I enjoyed it. Um, you know, he's like, yeah, there's some spots that could have been better, but you know, all in all, he's like, I enjoyed it as a fan, and it took hearing it from him. Uh, to kind of get over that that hurdle, but I mean, I still have those moments. Like, um, if you want to go watch it back, you can. I had a uh, I gassed out against Griff Garrison and Marcus Cross, uh, like early in the match, and I still to this day think that match sucks. But I've had so many people like, "Oh my god, that's like y'all's best match," and it's like, I guess so. <laughs> So, I mean, that, that's that's probably what I'm going with. Just you're going to be your own worst critic. It doesn't matter. Uh, so as far as mental goes, but the one thing I will say that that fucks with any wrestler, unless you're like a top dog, like a Griff or a Caleb Conley or something, is when you're left on red by a promoter. Mm. Just because yeah. it's so much easier just to be like, you know what? I don't want you. That's it. And we've chopped it up a handful of times uh, about those kind of conversations. I won't go into detail about it on here, but I will say we both um, know how that feels. And that is one of those, like. <laughs> makes you not feel uh, valued. <laughs> no, it's, just, uh, it, it's not that it doesn't make you feel valued or, or not valued. It's like, what is it that you would want me to do? To get booked, especially when you see that I promote these shows that I'm on, uh, the matches I have are, if anything, average quality. So it's better. Like I'm not sitting here saying like I, I shout out to like AML, okay? Uh, I don't, uh, but I don't shout out to a mud show either. So when you have a, a promoter and they see your stuff and they see that you can work, and then they're just like, I see that you see that you've seen it, but I'm not going to say anything. I just don't want you. It's like, okay, is it me? Is it our gimmick? Are we asking too much money? What is it? Just tell me. You just yeah. want you want some kind of answer, and yeah. and and like if if it's you know even if it's something that you don't want to hear, at least now you know. Maybe uh, maybe that's something I got to work on. Maybe that's something I can look at. But you don't even get that. I, yeah. I know. Uh, look, I'll I'll shoot this. I don't give a shit. Uh, yes. I reached I, re I reached out to deep deep south in Georgia, and at the time, the guy who was booking it—I'm not going to say his name—but I know him. I've known him for probably about like eight years, and sent the tag match of us Fisticuffs versus. Master Machine, which is Griff Garrison, Marcus Cross. Since everybody seems to think that's like a killer match, mm -hmm. send, send the resume, you know, very cordial, everything. Shoots back to us, and they're like, you know what? You guys don't look like a real tag team. You don't match, uh, which we do. If you look at our, our fucking clothes, our, our outfits are a mere reflection of each other, so I'm not sure how you get that. And then it's, uh, you guys look like two singles instead of a tag team. You guys don't do any tag moves. 
and we do tag moves. So I'm like, oh, what you said at the end is all I needed to hear. It's just we don't want you. We're focusing on people in Georgia and bigger indie names. <laughs> that's <laughs> that's all you had to say, dude. But yeah. Yeah, the names, the names, the names. It, it always seems to come down to that. But um, just just to kind of peek in the door of RCR, we could not have this. We could not have that. We don't have, you know, an entranceway, guardrails. We don't have, um, you know, aprons that say, like, the name of the company or whatever. What we do have is a healthy, happy locker room. And it is, And it's not to where we don't look at who who's at, you know who's uh, inquiring to work for the company because we've brought in people that we didn't know for a hole in the wall and there might have been a couple of you know kindly uh we don't know if we're going to have you back right now but here's some honest reasons why uh eliminating that feeling of not knowing why you know, you didn't even get a reply because that's just the rudest thing you could really do to somebody is to not, you know, yeah, put me on blast or something, you know, give me, give me something. Just don't give me nothing. Yeah. I mean, for the most part, if you're a shit worker, you can always go, go and train. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> that's, that, that, that's pretty, pretty plain and simple. I always recommend Lodi. I mean, that's where I trained. I uh, also learned from Thomas Extreme, you know, so. So I do have a question with that follow-up there. So, like, uh, you know, I don't know if it's really a scar scenario, but, like, is there any time that, like, you have to, like, go back and not necessarily retrain yourself, but, you know, do you have to go back and, like, you know, maybe watch some tape from, like, the 90s or 80s or, you know, try to get ideas and stuff like that? Like, how do you – you know, kind of regroup yourself and come up with new ideas. I mean, you you only get it from doing one thing, and that's watching tape of other people. You're you're not going to get new ideas of yourself by watching yourself. <laughs> you're mm-hmm. you're going to be like, damn, that sucked. That was terrible. Yeah. Uh, I mean, but some um, some people that you watch. Me personally, I mean, I don't really watch a lot of wrestling now. Uh, probably not what a lot of workers want to hear because I don't really watch a lot of the current product. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'll watch nineties and some late eighties, maybe early two thousands, right before, you know, like ruthless aggression kicked off. Um, Cause I mean, my favorite wrestler is Dean Malenko. Um, so I still have a bad habit of, not work in the crowd because I'm like, man, he's just so good. You know, I think people should just appreciate good wrestling. I'm not a good wrestler, but that's, that's neither, that's neither here nor there. I'm just like, I'm I'm going to be serious. (laughs) I always saw Dean Malenko as like an ice cold killer. Like I always saw him as like, you know, a serious dude when you get in the ring and I'm like, this dude's serious. Like, He's a real wrestler, you know. I mean, you know, he like, was, I mean, personally, me, I always took him serious, but you know, yeah. like, you know, to the casual fan, they might not connect with him. But like him, like guys like Lance Storm, like guys like that, like that are serious, like you take seriously if you're a fan. 
and he never broke for anybody either. Like he never, he never went off and did the goofy gimmick when, you know, I'm sure like a lot of people tried to push him in that direction. He can, he maintained that serious, this is wrestling style. Yeah. I mean, for me, it was just the technicality. Cause you know, I think anyone that was, cause I'm 36. I don't know how old either one of you are. Me, I grew up with Surfer Sting, so I saw Surfer Sting. I'm like, that's the fuck it. He's the coolest. But then I see Dean Malenko, and I'm like, man, that's different. And I like that. But I don't know why I like that. So then I go back, and I watch it, and then I'm like, okay, I see why I like that. So, like, one of my favorite match. I mean, it's – I can't remember the exact match, but it, it would you, – you would usually see it between him and Rey Mysterio and – he does an avalanche gut buster on Rey Mysterio. And it's like, one, how did your, your femur not snap? And then two, how are you in the right spot to catch him and have him hit you like land right there on your leg and it'd be safe. I always pop for that move. Uh, so anytime I would see him do that versus Ray, I think he did it against Hooventude like maybe once because by the time Hooventude got there, he was more like in the, the U.S. title, TV title picture, as opposed to the cruiserweight, but yeah, yeah, and I'm I'm right behind you, uh, for with you and Surfer staying. I'm right there with Stunner Steve, and uh, me and Eddie. We're we're probably getting some good stuff right now. We're we're gonna go back <laughs> and watch like some Rey Mysterio and Dimalenko, and hopefully anybody who watches this podcast is gonna take certain. <laughs> that and want to want to kind of explore and and look at look at the hows of wrestling like you know there's kind of like the who what when where why of wrestling like like how do they do that yeah um i mean my my number one favorite match period it's not dean malenko but it is it does have ray in it and it's halloween havoc ray mysterio eddie guerrero to me, that's the best match, hands down, I've ever seen. I can watch it a million times, and I always get amazed by it. Um, I don't think, like, I'm getting goosebumps about it now, thinking about it. Um, but top to bottom, it hits everything you want in a match. And, I mean, there's been other ones, but the energy you get from it, the athleticism that's displayed, the story that's being told, but I think it's top tier. 100% agree. Yeah, I, I agree. Like the, like the late 80s, no, probably like the 80s, early 90s, you know, right before Attitude or whatever. Like I see that like since I've been doing like indie wrestling stuff, I see that like those styles connect more with what we do on the indie scene. You know, like when I go back and watch a match, like just the construction of it is like, you know exactly like what we see yeah you know and like after you get into like the 2000s stuff of course they're working more for the camera at that point you know not necessarily the fans which i mean i i like current wrestling like you know i like any wrestling i just like it <laughs> yeah but you know like i've i've caught myself like i don't go back and watch a 2005 pay-per-view like i'll go all the way back to like 1985 you know, I watch like you know, I watch the NWA stuff. I watch WCW stuff. Like, you know, growing up, I didn't, re- you know, I didn't really 
think like Owen Hart or guys like that was like my guy. And then now going back and watching all those guys, like I'm like, oh, this like Owen Hart was like fantastic. Um, you know, I can relate. One thing I see. The older I get, the farther back I watch. You know, I, I keep on I keep on rolling it back as I'm getting older, and you know, uh, uh, just had that uh, that first Bobby Fish show, and Bobby Fish is telling my son not to slap his leg when he's doing the kick. <laughs> Here's my son and Bobby Fish like having a debate, and he's like, because he watched so much of this this newer stuff, but. Bobby Fish smacks, slaps his leg too. I don't give a shit. <laughs> I'm not shitting on him, but I mean, when you see him and he does a kick, he's still slapping his thigh. I don't want to hear a damn thing. Like, I don't give a fuck. Yeah, you're on TV. I'll never be on TV. Where's Where's the lie in that? But uh, don't, don't sit here and say, "Oh, you should slap your thigh." Yeah, I mean, it's fucking annoying. I get it. I remember. The first live show I went to, uh, it was a PWX show. It was during the summer of Cedric, uh, right before Cedric did the two the two hundred five or the cruiserweight tournament or whatever. And uh, he was working Zack Saber Jr. And there was some other. But what I'm getting to is there was a, another dude on that card, and he was pale as shit, like Sheamus, and he comes out, Gallagher. huh? Uh, Jack Gallagher. No, no, no. This is at PWX. Oh, oh okay. I'm sorry. Yeah. You're actually talking about. I lost it. I'm sorry. No, it's all good. But this dude was pasty as shit, and <laughs> come comes out, looks normal, leaves. His thighs just fucking bruised red, and it's like, bro, just wear bikers if you're smacking like that, man. Come on, man. <laughs> Just do something to cover up that because that that right there does piss me off. Like if you're if you're going to thigh smack and you're wearing trunks or, or a butcher or something, do it. Like if you look at um, shit, uh, Gunther or whatever, he smacks the inside of his thigh. <laughs> like do that. Do, do it to where it's less noticeable. I mean, sometimes what you'll you'll get too is like if you uh, specifically maybe for like a huge clothesline or uh, like a discus elbow or something, the dude will smack the other guy, but it'll be like the back or something like that, not to give too much away. Uh, but, you know, you'll see that as, as opposed to them smacking themselves and then, you know, since everybody – has feelings about that, but yeah, fuck, fuck Bubby Fish on that. Um, <laughs> yes. I mean, maybe I'll never get booked again because of that. I like Bobby; he's a nice guy, but but don't be hypocritical. Like if you do it, which I've seen you do it, especially on TV, don't be arguing with a kid about don't don't, don't do the dice max. Yeah, for my son, I am forever a Brett West fan. <laughs> so the. Uh... <laughs> So, like, that leads into a scar question. Like, what is, like, the hardest chop that you've ever took? Like, does your chest just turn to hamburger meat or, like? Because, like, Nick tries to give me a chop all the time, and I just don't like it because, you know, like, I just 
Puts I, don't his... want, I just don't want this to, you know, get red. <laughs> I'm, I'm terrible with names, uh, but because he changed his name, but it was Montana Black. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. He, he chopped the shit out of me. <laughs> I, I even told him, like, the the – like when I saw him later after, because it was at NAWA bunkhouse, and uh, it this was not too recently after I I first fractured my sternum, so it wasn't all the way healed. And uh, so he, when he chopped, he came down like this, bam, and he just hit me straight, like right in the middle of the chest, and I was like instantly, like, like fucking again like on death's door so then i see johnny i'm like johnny just just eliminate me i can't go <laughs> <laughs> so, only so, only trust you so in your opinion this this chop is worse than this chop no i'm just like, saying that was the the hardest i've been chopped <laughs> I, don't, I don't give a shit how it comes i mean if you put everything behind it it's still gonna hurt that was your and question <laughs> brutally answered. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and the answer to your question is he's, uh, he's going by Rayhan now, and that man does hit hard. Yeah, I mean, that, that's why I say, and I, I forgot what is what he changed his name to. So, but yeah, when he when he chopped me, man. Yeah, <laughs> fuck that dude. Not not him, but <laughs> getting chopped by him. He's a great dude. I mean, yeah. I always shoot the shit with him anytime I see him on a card. Uh, and we're sharing the same locker room. He's a great dude, but yeah, fuck getting shot by him, man. You know, when we were in JD's class, um, you know, uh, he goes by Null now, John Davidson, enormous human being. Him and formerly Montana Black, Rayhan, getting in the ring together, we would all just get up on the apron and stare. Every time we do something, it was like the everything shook everything was loud everything was absolutely crazy they those guys put everything into it you know the guys yeah. flip and fly but they only do it when it matters like it's it, it's a lot more special than when you see some of the stuff now where they just give it away for peanuts <clears throat> yeah i do want to i do want to get um into some of the stuff that you said because it brought back some memories since when I was able to just come to these independent shows strictly as a fan with zero training and watch guys like you actually. But before I do that, <clears throat> I don't know why you would watch me, but <laughs> <laughs> you got Cam, you got Johnny. <laughs> Fuck you, bro. <laughs> um as i said um back in time collectibles have all the awesome collectibles if you're looking for wrestling figures chances are they have some of the rarest stuff that you could find some of the most um, modern stuff that you could find if you're into star wars if you are into uh horror they have some of the coolest horror stuff i'm in there all the time uh, guys, a friend of mine, tell them Redemption Championship Wrestling sent you uh, back to Alpha Heating and Air. Uh, we are sponsoring those guys for an entire year. They are great wrestling fans, and they are excellent at what they do. 
One more time, February 3rd, we are coming to Gastonia. We're coming to the Cavendish Brewery. We have a hell of a card, and we are calling it Flirting with Disaster. So we hope you see you guys there. We are at the point now where we're going to tell some stories. I wanted to bring up a couple things that you said, dude, because I just wrestled Thomas for the first time ever uh, last month. And it was a hell of an experience watching how his mind works and knowing that, you know, he has that, that, that moniker of the cardio Casanova and like, what's going to happen to my gas tank in this match is kind of like playing up in my head beforehand. But this dude is just so humble and he's somebody that can turn it off. He, when he wants to and just watch everything as a fan where he on a Monday night, he can tune into USA Monday Night Raw and he could watch it with no critiques or, uh, you know, oh, this is garbage. They should have done this this way. No, like dirt sheet thinking. He just watches as a fan. And I love that about Thomas. Um, the way I'm starting to get into that is with my son. Tonight, we just turned on uh, the Royal Rumble, where for the first time in his five-year-old life, he got to see Cactus Jack, Mankind, and Dude Love all enter the same Royal Rumble. (laughs) And then we went straight into the main event of WrestleMania with Shawn Michaels versus Stone Cold, where he was sadly disappointed because he wanted Shawn Michaels. (laughs) Always get what you want, man. (laughs) I remember Law and Order actually. Uh, I, you know, I go, I go back with uh, Tyler, Aaron, Zach, all those guys. We go way back, and I, I see you and Mike out there, and boy, they hated you guys. Yeah, you man. <laughs> like, like I wouldn't believe, and I just. I remember like seeing Mike, like the things that he used to say and do and the, like, the way people would kind of lunge at him. I'd be like, is this dude really going to make it to his car okay? Oh, he would have. I got his <laughs> back, dude. <laughs> I'm just saying like, I, I, I've seen, I, I've been at shows where like somebody threatened to stab him and like at the time, like I didn't know how they play around in Carolinas. Like I was, I was still... <laughs> You know, at heart, I I hadn't, you know, eaten the good Southern cooking yet. So I, didn't... <laughs> uh, I mean, I remember it wasn't an ACCW show. It was some hole in the wall show. Like we only got paid in food and uh dude was just like beating on the f- on the fucking garage door because it was at like an old uh, car shop. It sat, I don't know, maybe like a hundred people total. Uh, and dude's like, I'm going to fucking kill you guys. And uh, dude's just steady, just bang, 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 bang. And uh, 
Yeah, I mean, by the end of the show, we're just like going home, getting in our cars, like, oh, fuck it, you know, whatever. But uh, I mean, that that's a memory that sticks in there all the time. Um, I know, like, when me and him got back together tagging, a lot of people were were like, why isn't it just Law and Order again? And I, I hated it. I hated Law and Order. <laughs> just being I, honest. <laughs> I, I hear I hear it from Shelby all the time. He's like, man, we could have. We could, we would sell so much more shit if you if you weren't so hard headed. And I'm like, dude, I hated it. I was like, that you right now as a worker, if you're in a tag team and you have a gimmick, uh, but it's one where you feel really confined, you'll understand what I'm saying. Because I constantly would have some other worker being like, oh, you should write tickets. I'm already fucking doing that, dude. Are you fucking kidding me? And then they're like you should do this and you should try to read them their Miranda rights. And I'm like, I'm, I'm a, I try to be a somewhat serious wrestler. I don't, I don't want to do some cheese bullshit, you know, like that, that's never been my thing. And then one of the reasons why I really wanted to drop it was when everybody started getting into law and order. Like when the theme song would hit, we weren't getting booed anymore, but we were still healed. Yeah. Um, so I was I was over it, but the one of the most humbling parts of it, where I'm like, man, maybe maybe yeah, we should just stuck with it. Was uh, so me and him we stopped tagging for a little bit, but it was just because of his shoot job. So he he wasn't like really um, available, and I did a seminar with James Drake and. Um, can't remember who else was there, but it was at uh, the Burt County uh, Fairgrounds where they do NAWA. And uh, me and Johnny, uh, Johnny Ryder were there. And he's like, what did you say your name was? And I was like, Brett West. And he's like, oh. he's like, I've heard of you guys, Law and Order. And I'm like, how the fuck did you hear about us? Like, we only wrestle <laughs> at one place. <laughs> so that was humbling in a sense. Like, James Drake knew who we were. But, you know, it's like, I don't know how you knew who we were. We don't, we weren't traveling really at that point because we were just like our shoot job made it a lot harder. Like now we have weekends free so we can do a little bit more. But I mean, for the most part, then we were only able to work like once a month. So it's like, James, either you're blowing smoke up my ass or, or the gimmick was just really over with other workers. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Some of the guys back were talking about it. He <laughs> just like got overheard it. Yeah, he's like, "Man, these cop guys are trying to get killed." I guess I don't know, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, you must have been really ruffling some feathers at that point. I mean, uh, I owe so much to James Drake. I love that man, and he he made training like really exciting because you know. You, you, you do your basics, you do your basics, you do your basics, you do your fundamentals, you do your fundamentals, and then you get into James Drake's class, and it's like, so what do we want to work on? <laughs> um, I wanted to learn how to do a German suplex. Uh, no. Okay, what do you got? <laughs> you know, he would yeah. let you do things, you know, step by step, and he's just so cool, man. Like, it just... At, at the end of it, like everybody's just kind of hanging out, and 
and just really, really feeling, feeling for things is awesome. Yeah. I mean, the best learning I got was with Lodi. Um, I mean, I'll plug him any chance I get because dude's a, I was intimidated by the, the first time I met him. Cause I would, I always heard things like always oh, kind of a, he was kind of a prick or whatever. Dude's a sweet dude. He, he will tell you straight. Like if, if he thinks it's dog shit, mm. but that's what any, any good worker should do. Maybe, you know, use a little bit more tact than, than my tag partner. But, uh, you know, I mean, there was things that I would do when I was training with him. Uh, and, you know, sometimes you're not going to see eye to eye. And that's just how it is. Um, because, yeah, he, he is cut from a different cloth because he is nearly 50 years old or is 50 years old. And, you know, he'd been on TV in the 90s and I've never been on TV. So does he know more than what, what I do? Yeah, 100%. Um, but I've heard Rob Kiljoy say it and put it in better words than me. What works for you doesn't always work for me. Mm. So you might see a match that you're you're like, this is good, but I would have done it this way. And then you go and you do it that way. And you do it all. The only reason you do it is just because you, um, you get tired of seeing the same thing. So some of the times I would do heat first, just because you, you get set in this, uh, bubble or this box where you're preordained almost to, oh, it's to do. If it's the same thing every single time. Yeah. So you, you always see the same thing. So if you switch it up, fans are going to be like, Oh shit, this, this dude just going to town on this, this guy, as opposed to, uh, well, the good guy's not going, you know, having his not, I mean, unless they're watching it, they're like, oh, he's getting a shine right now. Guess the bad guy's going to, you know, do his thing. I mean, I don't do it every time, but that was one of the things that really pissed Lodi off was <laughs> I did, I did heat first and he was like, why'd you do that? And I was like, you see the same thing every time. So, I mean. Why wouldn't I want to do something a little different? And he's like, because it's a formula. He's like, what what worked then 30, 40 years ago still works now. And yeah, I mean, yeah, it does. But not everybody wants to see the same thing every time. You know, I mean, I get tired of spot fests, but are they still around? Yeah, they probably will be for the foreseeable future because the people that are, that got into wrestling that are getting into wrestling are watching spot fests. You, you kind of want to do what you grew up seeing. Yeah, the so, point, point that guys like him are trying to make is like you could always come back to it and it'll always work every single dang time. Yeah. But I, I get what you're saying on your end too, 100%. Eddie, you've been quiet. Talk. <laughs> I've just been listening to the stories. Good. You've been telling great stories. Uh, I mean, the only thing I really have is, you know, I, you know, I'm a referee. I'm not, you know, a wrestler, you know, but I mean, from a wrestler standpoint, like, you know, I guess the way you can answer this is like, or the way I'm trying to ask it is like, you know, 
how valuable do you see the ref in your matches or, you know, do you like using them since you play heel or, you know, what have you I, I'm 50, 50 on it. I mean, the, the ref is technically in a sense, the most important person because they're the person that starts and ends the match. I mean, plain and simple. Yeah. They either, they either count one, two, three, or they go to ring the bell. If someone's getting submitted. Yeah. yeah. Plain and simple. So, um, I personally, I'll use the ref sometimes, but I don't like to do the bump. Um, I also don't like to do, and, and this is part of, you know, like I said, why I stopped doing Law and Order. You know, a lot of the gimmicky shit. You don't have to have a ref bump every every show. You don't have to have, uh, not that you see it that much, but sometimes you do. Um, but you don't have to have you don't have to see somebody using something every show. I mean, because so, I used to carry out a police baton, and it was a legit police baton, and uh, so I would have people that'd be like, "Oh man, we need to use it," and I'm like, "Nah, man, we don't need to use it. I can go for it and get taken away, but we don't have to do some hyper." Yeah. Stylized spot to yeah. you, you know. can just, you can get just as big of a reaction taken yeah. away. I will yeah. say that I absolutely love working heels. Like they're like like if I have a baby face baby face match, like you know somebody has to like you know just be you know rude to me or whatever you know. But you yeah. know like the heels is like my favorite thing to work because y'all just jaw jack and everything else with the ref. <laughs> no, I mean baby baby works. Heel heel doesn't work because they don't know who to boo. But I mean, if you do baby baby, one of them will naturally be more of a tweener, uh, mm-hmm. depending on who who is liked more. You know, so like in the instance of ACCW, we'll say uh, Buggy versus Cam, the two most over people at ACCW. They're probably gonna get behind. Cam more, so Buggy will have to do some heel-ish, but not go all the way heel. Yeah. So if you if you got a, a baby baby, just need to look need to make sure they do something in there to you know get some heat but not get total heat. Because you don't want it to be like you like I don't know about you, Nick, or or Eddie, but, you know, if, like, you go back and you watch early Ring of Honor when they're doing the the handshake at the start and it's baby, baby, none of them really did heel shit uh, throughout the whole match. Like, if it was two babies, it would just be, for the most part, it'd be crazy because they were... Little tidbits. Yeah. Like, that, that little that little rake of the eyes to, to get that advantage, like, just like that little here and there. I thought it was really funny that you just said early Ring of Honor. Because I just had a funny situation about life before this whole thing started. Um, I popped in an early um, Ring of Honor. Not not early, early, but it, it had like some Steen versus Ciampa. It had, you know, War um, war Machine, stuff like that. Yeah. I had the DVD and the Xbox, and she keeps on trying to change the channel. <laughs> <laughs> He's getting so pissed. And I'm talking to Eddie too. And she goes, 
why won't the stupid remote? And I went, babe, it's a DVD. <laughs> <laughs> well, now she learned. Oh, she learned. Well, you know, now, but that's marriage for you. This is true. Uh, since it's still in the tell me some stories, uh, I know you go to school at Morton, right? Yeah. So I finally got to share the locker room with uh, Rob and, and Rick and uh, never met him. And uh, it, Carrie was supposed to be there too, but I think he was. I think he had like a swipe slight injury, nothing major, you know, uh, so he couldn't make it. And uh, we were out in eastern North Carolina. So I don't know Ricky from anybody. I mean, obviously, I've seen him before on TV and shit, but uh, Nathan Cross is a. Uh, holding the camera for him so he can shoot his promo and I'm just kind of there and then Ricky looks at me he's like hey do I know you you look familiar I was like I mean I, I was like I, you signed an autograph for me at uh, Russell Cade one year and he's like oh so I don't really know you then. I was like yeah you don't he's like yeah get the fuck away from me <laughs> <laughs> he, was just, he was just joking but uh, then he's he's telling some joke I don't want to butcher it but I'll still try my best because uh, maybe you've heard this joke before, Nick, so you could probably tell it better, but he's talking about how uh, he got a little fat from his uh, his wife's cooking. Have you heard that joke? No, go ahead. Okay, so I mean, I'm telling you, I'm, a, I'm probably going to butcher it, but next time you go to School of Morton, you ask for it because he'll tell it better. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, he's in the middle of the locker room and He's like, so guys, uh, my wife's recently been getting on to me about my weight and uh, look down and she's like, look at your belly. And I was like, was like, yeah, I got a little belly now. And she's like, how's that? How's that work? Uh, we're seeing your pecker. And he was like, what do you mean? She was like, well, when's the last time you saw your pecker? And he was like, hell, I don't know. It's probably been about 10 years since I started eating your food. And she's like, you should probably diet. And he's like, why the fuck would I die my pecker? <laughs> <laughs> but like I said, you got you to gotta have him tell that joke because it's a hell of a lot better coming from him. But, uh, and like, like I just said, if, if Ricky tells that story, I'm going to laugh like it's the first time I freaking heard it. Yeah, well, I mean, it'll be the first time you heard it told correctly. So, <laughs> but, uh, if yeah. Anybody, if anybody, uh, on Brett West good, it's going to be Brett West, right? Do what? I said, if anybody's going to shit on Brett West real good, it's going to be Brett West. Yeah, I mean, I do it better than anybody than Deep South. I mean, I mean, that's plain and simple. Yeah, I mean, it's probably me than Deep South and then someone I don't know, you know, but yeah, me, Deep South. I'll never go to Deep South, but I wanted to, but never gonna happen I, I suck i suck too bad and don't know how to be a tag team wrestler well there's one thing i kind of want to leave you with that that's kind of been my mind state lately and maybe it helps you maybe it doesn't but it's working for me right now when it comes to wrestling in these promotions um when it comes to 
maybe getting closer with somebody that you're like, man, I'd, I'd totally like to, I don't know whether it's like hang out with that person, wrestle them, kind of be around that circle, something, something of that nature. I just feel like the places that you go, those are the ones you're meant to be at. And the ones that never answered you, it probably, it probably wasn't going to work out too well. Maybe something bad was going to happen. Maybe it was going to be a real crappy turnout. Maybe everything just falls into place where you need to be for a reason. And it's probably best that person never answered. That person never talked to you. And you're right where you need to be at that time. That's a, it's a very uh, Buddhist way to look at it. Whatever. Uh <laughs> Nick just poured uh, his heart out there. <laughs> I'd like to give you the floor uh, to plug anything you'd like to as we close out. And thank you so much for coming on here and telling all these stories. Yeah, man. Uh, I mean, we. I think we only have one show coming up next month. And I, it's one I always try to keep getting you to go to, but you just never want to go to Georgia with us. So fuck you. Not about don't want to. It's just it's wrong place, wrong time. But we'll get there. It's never the wrong place, and it's never the wrong time. It's it's always the right time. I got kids. I need this job. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we're we're at SWA on the second Saturday. It's usually the second Saturday of every month. Um, I always will plug ACCW. It's my home. Um, love that place. Love what Nick, what Nick Nitro is doing with the place. Um. Yeah, man. I mean, it's it's pretty much pretty much it. All I can plug, man. Uh, I don't have a cool gamer tag. I don't have a Twitch. Uh, I'm pretty much just a homebody dude. Uh, you know, you want to come see me? I could give you my address, but you know, <laughs> still wouldn't come anyways. It's like any of them them uh, leave you on steam bookers. They're like, hey, you got my address? Yeah, you do. Are you going to come by? Nah, man, I got kids. <laughs> <laughs> I, will, uh, I will say this before you leave. Uh, you mentioned SWA, which is actually where one of the places I got my start at. Down in I Georgia? That crowd, yeah. I did uh, SWA and then at uh, Old Landmark Arena, NCW. But uh, I will say SWA will make you, like the crowd there will make your ears like death. <laughs> By the end of the night, like, I mean, like when, that place packs out somehow. <laughs> I mean, when they they have certain crowds, man, but for the most part, every time I've been there, they've never had less than say like 120, 130. Uh, even like on a bad night, it's usually like 120, 130, but usually it's more, uh, especially for like their bigger shows. And uh, I mean, I've I've been in crowds where it's like. I don't know if most fans like to be called marks, but you got some smart fans. And that's what I, I like to refer to the old PW, PWX fans. Like they were like, oh, like all super into the spot shit. And like they would follow, uh, you know, whatever big indie worker was coming in at the time. And um, I mean, there it's like the, the people in the front row are like, 
12 year old little girls just like you suck ass and all this stuff and it's just like it's a total different atmosphere because it's like you got to think differently because you know talking shit to a 12 year old little girl that goes to church because it's a church group <laughs> so, so it's totally different yeah i always tell nick i tell i tell him all the time the georgia crowds they're just they're just different <laughs> yeah it's great I mean, it's a great difference <laughs> I mean, that's the only place that we've worked out out of state. I mean, we've worked pretty much east to east to west in North Carolina. Um, not like every major fed or anything like that, but been to the mountains in North Carolina, been out towards the coast in North Carolina. Uh, definitely eastern North Carolina is different than western North Carolina um, because you got more of your rednecks. Um, Charlotte Gastonia area is different because they're usually more marks. Um, Northern North Carolina, we haven't actually really been there yet. Probably the most Northern is ACCW, but we haven't been to like Greensboro high point, uh, area. Um, I think anywhere you go is different, you know, cause you'll have, you'll you have, have some, a, huh? Do you have a favorite, do you have a favorite place? Or like over your time, like do you have like a place that like just like melts your heart if you go there? Pro I mean, probably the Hidden Ice Center. I mean, for ACCW. I mean, so like when I, I know this is like closing, but um, when I first started, I started at Milestone Wrestling, and all they used to do was was like death matches, basically. Um, and I never was into that shit. I from the get-go, I just wanted to wrestle. I just wanted to be a wrestler. I didn't want to go out there and do all this hardcore shit. When I was younger, I thought I could be Jeff Hardy, and I wanted to be like, man, I'm going to do all these dives and stuff. And then I was like, nah, man, I'm probably going to blow a disc out and die or something. Uh, so I, I just really worked on my craft. And then Mike Levy, um, he started up ACCW as more of a tribute to traditional wrestling because he he was a, a big deathmatch guy and a lot of people don't know that back in the day he had an opportunity to be in czw and then he had a bad incident happen um so he kind of really got out of the deathmatch scene and then he started up accw so that's where i got my feet wet that that's why it's always home to me um, I'll never have a bad thing to say about it. Um, but yeah, I mean, I've been in prop, I mean, maybe one of the cooler places was at the Brookford because it was the first show that they've had there in, I don't know, like 10 years or something like that. So it's not been there in a decade. So to be on that show was pretty cool. Um, Probably the weirdest, maybe not the weirdest, I don't know, was, uh, it, it was, honestly, it'd probably be the campground that ACCW used to do, but it's just because you had to do different because it was under a canopy and you couldn't really do anything like off the top. You couldn't suplex a guy. You couldn't really do anything. So you had to 
changed the whole dynamic of the match. So it was really more like a 1950s or 60s match. <laughs> Nothing big. Um, and then, man, what was, the, what was another one? I mean, yeah, SWA, I mean, they're, theirs is different because, I mean, it, I mean, hell, it's more like a tiny warehouse that it's in, you know? <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, you can't do, like, a whole lot of shit, and then you see a hangar where they do their, like, ladder matches, and, like, the fuck kind of ladder are you going to climb? Like, are you going to get, like, on a little, little fold-out step ladder or something? I um, think that would be safe for a uh, Benny Barcotti. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I've never wrestled like any, any super big places. Um, I mean, I've been in schools and, and stuff like that. I hate doing schools. The only reason I hate doing schools is because a lot of the times the, the person who booked the show, if it doesn't turn out well, they'll have like a hundred people spread out in a, in a place that holds roughly like 500, 600 or whatever. So then it looks like there's nobody fucking there. So when you're trying to work the crowd, you're working maybe one person. And uh, so that sucks ass. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, everywhere is different. ACCW's home. That That's the place that uh, anytime I go to it, like it, it's just a whole different comfort level. It used to be like that with the armory because that's – that's where I really first started. Uh, so the Hickory Armory holds a special place, but it got shut down because of uh, lead paint. And uh, they just never, I don't think anybody ever tried to go back into it. Um, I think maybe the closest was AML because I think they ran at the convention center, but I don't think anybody's been in the, the Hickory Armory in quite a while. I want to say maybe like seven years, something like that. So we come to that point where uh, we are going to close the show. Once again, Brett, thank you so much for being a part of this. Uh, I'm going to go right on the record here and say I'm not a long-term podcaster. Uh, I don't have much experience with this. I appreciate everybody's patience me and eddie um we're we're working on our chemistry together we're working on building a lot of things and having you here taking a chance on us all of that thank you for your time um thank you for your stories thank you for answering all the questions and um can't wait to see you get a person chop it up and you know do some shows man some wrestling yeah man um i've this is maybe like I, I was talking to my fiance about it uh it's maybe like the fourth one i've done um one of them i did for no reason it didn't get aired uh <laughs> i've wasted two hours of my life uh and then uh i did scott larson's uh hashtag truth like uh like a lot of people and I think mine at one point was one of his higher viewed ones, which I'm like, like, I'm, like again, I'm, I'm nobody. So, you know, don't, why the fuck are you watching? I don't know. 
I guess for Scott, you know, Scott's a cooler guy than I am. I'm not, I'm not doubting that, but, uh, the other one was, I think it was heel to heel that, uh, used to be held at a USA main event before it was during COVID, but then they, they ended up shutting down and, uh, that one was pretty cool. Only, yeah. I mean, my, my main thing, and I'll say here at the end, or you can cut it out. I don't care. That is, uh, just Eddie talk more. <laughs> just talk more. I mean, I, I do know, I should probably put this out there to watch, and then I'll probably my friends. I gave Eddie no preparation. Eddie, <laughs> Eddie was like, man, why don't I be your co host? You know, if like, uh, if you guys aren't getting this done and you're not finding times to match up and stuff like that, maybe why don't we do this together? All right, cool. <laughs> hey, what is- hey, you want to do Brett West tomorrow? Yep. <laughs> um, so we're like I said, we're we're still getting our bearings and everything like that. But um, just count your lucky stars. You never did indie talk because that boosted my confidence as a podcaster from day one. <laughs> no, I mean, yeah, it's all good, man. Y'all have a good one, man. You too.